With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, you all. It's Tara, uh, your fearless group leader. A lot more awake uh, this week recording than I was last week. Uh, I think I'm learning to do these things in the morning and not in the evening. I get so relaxed in the evening. Um, this week was really powerful. This was week three, and it was Donnie's story as well as Scott. I um, apologize if I refer to him as Mike for some reason. I keep um, thinking his name is Mike, but I, I, he is the only one in this series that I did not know personally, and so I, I end up sometimes messing up his name. But we had a really, 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 really powerful um, week three. And for those of you who either don't live here or were uh, were not able to be there, um, what I'd like to offer is I know for me going through the the soul work that we're doing in the study journal, you know, it's really digging up some stuff. And this week a lot of what we talked about were sharing painful things. And, you know, that's not always easy to do. And, and a group of folks that you may not know as well. Um, and it's just not easy to do for a lot of people. So we did share a lot in the group. And that's not to say that you can't walk in for week four on Wednesday and feel right at home. Uh, but what I do want to offer is if either the full work that we're doing is, is drudging up some things for you or you have some questions or um, you have some issues and pain that you do need to or want to share and talk about, you know, please let's, you know, just message me and um, or, you know, just let me know this week, you know, hey, I'd like some one-on-one time and I'd be happy to schedule that with you. And, you know, even if we stay after class a little bit later, maybe on this Wednesday. So that said, I uh, this week we we are going to have the group prayer at the end. And, you know, just a lot of the exercises we were doing last week was involving being aware of how others likely see you and how they experience you, especially non-Christians, you know, and what did you notice? And I know for me personally, I noticed that I have a perception when I start becoming aware of, you know, especially very sensitive of how others may see me, I may slip into reacting to them based on how I think they see me, not necessarily how they actually see me. And that's not so much whether I'm Christian or not, that's just in general. And I found that I I sometimes am very uncomfortable around uh, like teenage years, my daughter's years. You know, when I know her friends, it's one thing, but when I don't, I feel uncomfortable. I don't want to, I'm very aware of like not embarrassing my kids, but yet just being myself and trying to be friendly to the kids, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just found I was very, uh, very uncomfortable sometimes around teenagers, which is hard because I'm coming up on having two teenagers. <laughs> 
but I also know that I kind of responded. If they were on the cold side, I tend to be on the cold side. You know, I don't know, just very strange observations. Um, you know, uh, some of the other questions here in the in our our leader's guide, if people only knew God by how they experience you, what kind of God would they see? What would they think um, are God's characteristics? Now, you know, that's a that's a huge responsibility. If, if your actions are to be um, what, you know, is how how I am is how people experience God. Boy, that's that's tough. You know, again, as I've revealed before, late at night, it's real difficult. I tend to get very tired and a little bit cranky. And if someone were looking at me and going, oh, well, you know, they're supposed to be representing God and they're, like, getting all cranky and yelling, that's not so good. Um but but it's a perspective check going, okay, if I call myself a Christian and I let people know I am Christian, you know, they are going to look at how I react and act towards things. And uh, they are going to think about that. So I'm just, you know, just throwing that out there, you know, really reflecting and thinking about how people see your actions. And, you know, they asked us to kind of look through and, you know, what stood out in the journal. And I know a lot of folks are kind of struggling with doing with doing the journal, I um, I've really liked it, quite frankly. You know, I I think it's it's really causing me to go deep in and you know just just think about how I'm coming across to others or how I may react to others based on what I perceive in them. And I know that the whole going back to Joe Harry's window. You know, what is the public me, what is the blind me, what is the concealed me, and then the undiscovered me. You know, that's it's a really fascinating thing to look at. There's something in the, the journals that, you know, whether you're actually doing them or just reading through, I really encourage you to at least read through them because it plants seeds. It really, really, truly plants seeds in your heart as far as areas that maybe you need to grow um, and and feel perhaps more compassion. And, you know, that's one of the things they really focused on a lot this week was or, or you know, in week two's lessons that we were discussing is the compassion Jesus had for others. You know, he saw their sin, you know, exactly what they were about, and he still had compassion for them. And so, do you know, do we do that for others? I'm going to read a few of the um, verses that they have listed for us here. First one is Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Uh, search us, O God, and know our hearts. Test us and know our anxious thoughts. Point out anything in us that offends you and lead us along the path of everlasting life. Again, that's Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. And I, I love that. Point out anything in us that offends you. You know, whether that's pointing us out directly or through people and their responses to us as that's a that's a biggie, and that's not always easy to swallow when we are become aware of something that is perhaps offensive to God. Okay, then let's see, going into a little bit of prayer based on this, Father, show us if we are open to being searched, if we want to see new things, or we are currently resistant and closed. When it comes to our public selves, what everyone sees about us, what do you have to say? Is there something you would like to show us? And when it comes to what we conceal, our hidden selves, is there anything you want us to expose to others or even to one person? Something that is unhealthy or even toxic to keep hidden? If so, would you point it out? 
Thank you for opening blind eyes. We admit we are still blind in many ways. Is there something you have been trying to open our eyes to, but we have just been just haven't been able or willing to see? If so, enable us to perceive it now. And is there something yet undiscovered about us, which neither we nor even others yet see about us, and you desire to show us? Give us eyes to see that now. We wait in eager expectation. At this point, if you have not already watched episode three, uh, this is the episode with Donnie, the bouncer, and Scott, the um, who has a gambling addiction or ha, you know, is, has struggled with a gambling addiction, this would be the time to stop. I'll post the link on our, in our Facebook group, and uh, you can watch it if you haven't. And if you've only seen it one time, I'd encourage you to rewatch it. And go ahead and stop the recording now, or pause it, and then you can come back to it. See you in just a little bit. Okay, if you've got this going, I'm going to assume that you have watched the episode and either that you've just recently watched it or you are watching uh, or just watched it again and you're ready to get into a little bit of thought and discussion about it. So were there any thoughts or feelings that this episode evoked in you, whether it be uh, yourself or someone you know that that struggles with an addiction of any kind? Um, whether you have experienced uh, pain through another person's actions or pain um, that you've caused others perhaps through an addiction or through um, just poor choices. Now, obviously in this one, um, Donnie has really uh, bared the brunt of um, his mother who, you know, just just really led an addict's life and did not care for um, her children properly. And he had a chance for his children to meet meet her and, and just, you know, hope for something better. Um, you know, I, I know for me, I know, I know Donnie and his family, and I did not know this aspect of the story. So when I saw it, I still get choked up just talking about it. Um, when I saw his hope and then her not show and yet again, you know, disappointing him, um, it just broke my heart. I just thought, wow, you know, he's he's tough. He's moving on. He's got a great family. Uh, and if you didn't know this already, if you don't know Donnie, he has since moved on um, even even further. He he has, uh, I believe, he is still in the police academy here in Las Vegas. So he continues to move forward in his journey. But still, you know, I think we all, if if we could, you know, have a connection, a better connection with our parents. Um, you know, for him, his mother, that's a really powerful, powerful thing. So, <clears throat> sorry, I get, I definitely get choked up. Uh, Scott was another main character. Does the fact that he was already Christian when he fell back into gambling affect your empathy for him? And again, we've talked a lot about Jesus um, and seeing people's hearts and seeing people's whole life, their sin, everything. Uh, and still having compassion for them. You know, some people expect Christians, you know, they raise the bar that they're supposed to be perfect, they're supposed to be representing God, and when they fall, a lot of people say, see, you know, they kind of almost blame it on, yeah, see, you know, how could a God allow his people to do that, you know, that type of thing. Um, I know for me, compassion is compassion, whether the person's Christian or not, it's compassion because none of us are perfect. 
Vince in this episode, he also shared uh, more about his painful past growing up with his dad. You know, his what effect did his recollection have on you? You know, whether you had a a positive uh, experience with your own father or another family member, perhaps like you know Donnie with his mom, who who was not a spiritual leader, who was not someone who really um, cared for you. Meaning caring, you know, provide, you know, caring for is more than just putting a roof over someone's head. It's it's hugging, it's encouraging, it's all those things. And so sometimes when we hear people's stories, it can touch us. I know uh, for Vince, you know, he he actually there was somebody that had come to church with his wife and wasn't ready to um, really cheer Vince until he heard Vince's past and heard that he struggled. You know, he had a father like he had who was a a, a gambling addict and um, you know it, it was then that he had like the street cred and somebody would listen to him you know it's interesting pain as much as it stinks you know it can really have the ability to bond us this episode had a lot to do with pain how has your suffering affected you your view on life and your values I know for me um you know, we've all have we all have our stories. We all have our pains, our triumphs, our um, pitfalls, all those things. But I feel like the things I have been through have built my character. The things I have been through have allowed me to reach out to other people experiencing similar things and just simply be with them. You know, whether that means just sitting on a rock out at Red Rock with them or actively talking about what's going on in their lives. You know, it's it's kind of given me that ability to have that that um, connection with others. And honestly, I think that's what much of life is, just simply getting through it with others. And I would encourage you, if there's something you want to share, again, I would offer if you would like to reach out and, you know, maybe we can have a phone call. I don't know. It's harder to meet people in person sometimes. But, you know, find someone that you can share a little bit with because I feel like if you're if you're walking through this soul work that we're doing, and even sometimes just watching these episodes, it can bring up a lot for you. When you tell fellow Christians about your pain, what kind of response do you typically receive, and how does that typical response sit with you? In other words, I know I've had periods in my life where it was really hard to share my pain with other people. I mean, really hard. I was in a, oftentimes in a leadership position, and it's difficult to share that pain with others. And so, you know, I know early on when I finally opened up and shared my pain with other people, I feel like it was shut down or people weren't available or it was kind of glossed over. And so I closed it up again for a lot of years because I just I did not feel like anybody, you know, the word compassion just, keeps coming up for me personally through this study. I feel like um, I really, people didn't necessarily have a compassion for it. And so that was what I was seeking and I just didn't get it from anybody and so I shut it off for many years to the point of actually stuffing pain, which is, you know, when you stuff and suppress memories, that, that it, it erupts at some point. <laughs> it does, so it's not a good way to do that. Um, the, the key is to seek the right counsel and also the key is to have ongoing dialogue with God um, because honestly humans are fallible you know they're not always respond the way we want them to but you know God always has our back he's always with us you know even though we don't think he's listening he is listening and we can always go to him 
when you do share pain, what response from others do you typically desire? You know, do you do you want someone who's going to be like, yeah, yeah, I know, oh, man, you know, or do you want someone that's just quietly going to listen? Do you want feedback? You know, it's important to make that clear to people because sometimes people just need a sounding board. They don't really need someone to come jump in and start trying to fix it. That's a Mars-Venus thing. You know, a lot of times if a woman shares her pain and her issues and her challenges, then the man jumps in to fix it mode and she doesn't want him to fix it. She just wants to be heard. (laughs) So it's really important when you do share your pain to be clear, clear with yourself as well as clear with the other person what, what you are desiring in return. Is it just shoulder or is it active, like, advice-seeking, you know, where are you coming from? You know, make sure to know yourself and make sure to let other people know. Now, this is where last week, you know, we just kind of stopped and, you know, asked folks if they had something that they were dealing with that was painful to share it. And I know for me, sorry, (laughs) um, I can't share, obviously, what everybody said in our group. That would not be private, and this is a, a recorded call. But each person had something that they were sharing. And um, and it was it was tremendous bonding experience. I know for me, uh, with my mom and her dementia, um, you know, it's, it's a constant. We know it's not going to get better. It's going to, you know, ebb and flow, but it's not going to ever totally get better. And so with each time she slips deeper into the dementia it's just it's hard it's painful it's it's um it's sad and so that's what i shared um uh i would encourage you right now if you have someone you can talk to or if you just take out your study journal you know and write in in it or a piece of paper or a journal you may have a prayer journal but to write a little bit about what pain you might be experiencing right now. And maybe your desire, whether it's to seek counsel for that or to just simply feel heard. Um, And think of a person that you, if you can't do it right now, someone that you could go to with this. And if it's just simply going to God, stop and saying a prayer, that's fabulous. That, That is doing something toward sharing that pain. And that's where people and and relationships with others is so important. I think that the folks that are true, like sociopaths and, and psychopaths, where, where they're cut off emotionally from other people, that's the biggest part of the disease. They're cut off of relationships, whether it's to God, whether it's to other people. They, you know, it, it's a dysfunctional place to be. And I think with our lives, we're all busy and we're all going through stuff. We tend to not want to share that with other people or hide it. Or some people wear it on their sleeve and nobody wants to be around them because all they're doing is complaining. And there's a happy medium. Um, in fact, the next question is asking, what percentage of people in the world would you guess are in pain? I know our group, we said probably 85 to 90, to up to as high as 95% of people are in pain. Now, I think that number obviously ebbs and flows, but the the key here is that there are a lot of people in pain and there are fewer people um, sharing that journey with other people, I think, because everyone's so busy running and going and doing. Now, we're going to turn to a Bible verse, um, Luke 7. Sorry, I don't think I marked this. Let me see if I did. All right, Luke 7 verses 36 through 50. 
All right, give me a chance. Sorry, I should have had that queued up for us. Okay, so 36 through 50, Luke 7. Where are we? Where are we? 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's table. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who he's t- who's touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii, denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had a bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, and she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Okay, so in verse 44, Jesus asked his host, do you see this woman? What did Jesus' host see when he looked at the woman? Now, in our group, we talked about the fact that the Pharisee saw a sinner. When Jesus looked at her, what did he see? And Jesus saw her heart. Jesus saw her repentance. Jesus saw her willingness to serve. Um, he, He had compassion for her. And um, the exercises in my book go into talking about, okay, what what would it have been like in those days, especially to have been a prostitute? When they referred to her as a sinful life, they were more than likely referring to the fact that she's a prostitute. Um, You know, what would lead a woman to do this? And some of the questions here talk about different people who are in the sex trade, um, and have you ever been around them? Now, those of us who are here at Verve, we have definitely been around many people that are in the adult entertainment industry. They refer to it here or the industry. And I know for me, my perspective has changed so, so very much. I mean, to the point of right now, I am understanding that we have uh, a residential brothel in my neighborhood. And at first I was very angry and like wanting to get this out of here, um, which I still don't want in my neighborhood. But I know I'm praying a lot for the women and the children that are in the house. While we are doing some other things to, to remedy the situation, I have compassion for them. I've been around enough women who have found themselves in this kind of industry and the reasons why that I have compassion for them. And that's hard when it comes to the possible threat of my own family. Um, I don't think Jesus asks us to 
put our lives or our family's lives in jeopardy, but I think he asks us to love one another, to have compassion, you know, rather to go into the defensive, protective mama bear mode, I guess you could say. So spiritual exercise um, this week is to first notice what you do with your pain, past and present, in the various situations you encounter. Is your pain available for sharing? Is it covered with smiles and scripture? Is it tucked away in denial? Are you even aware of your pain? And second, our exercise is to see if you can notice the pain in others, even if it's concealed below the surface, and especially in those you tend to judge or despise. There's also an extra credit exercise. Be open to the spiritual leading you, um, be open to the spirit leading you to someone foreign to you, someone outside your usual circles, at the outer edge of your comfort zone. It'll be someone you might naturally avoid or look down on, but Jesus might want to give, want you to get to know them better in the same way we have gotten to know these people in Las Vegas um, <laughs> and those of us who are in Las Vegas. The idea is to just notice that there is someone you are being prompted to approach with friendliness, compassion, and openness. And I encourage you guys to do this, you know, getting out of your comfort, comfort zone. For many of us in Las Vegas, you know, we're used to the difference. We're used to people who have very strange jobs or are outlandish or, you know, something is unusual about them. What I think sometimes we might even miss is if someone be, appears too normal, too churchy, too mainstream. So I think our challenge is more to to notice somebody who maybe, maybe it's someone who is a wallflower, a very quiet person, who doesn't like group discussions, you know, somehow reaching out to them. But the key is to notice who God is prompting you to be near and to act on that. And I really, 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 once again, encourage you to be going through the, the soul work, the, the journal. I think it's great. I feel like, um, you know, some questions are better than others. Some I have to, you know, kind of twist into what's more appropriate for those of us who do live in Las Vegas and go to Verve. Um, but either way, it's been some pretty good soul-searching stuff. And so I'm going to close this in prayer. And, uh, again, if you find yourself with something on your heart, some pain, that, or, well, for that matter, even a praise. Sometimes it's hard to <laughs> give praise. When people are used to complaining, sometimes it's hard to give praise, or sometimes it's just we forget. Um, but you're welcome to, to reach out and connect. The easiest way, since we're all in the Facebook group, is to, to Facebook message me. Uh, and here we go. Lord, I thank you. I thank, I thank you so much for this opportunity to, to be together, um, whether it be live or through a recording. Uh, I feel like the work that you are able to do for the, through the God for the Rest of Us series and through Verve and through all the little, um, just the, the people's lives here and the people that are doing the study across the world, you know, I think there's a lot of power here and a lot of potential for humans to let go of some of that pain or to at least share it and not be carrying the burden themselves, to know they're not alone in pain. It may be different circumstances, but we all have our pains. I thank you for each and every person listening to this as well as those in the class, and I lift up each of their hearts' pain and that, Lord, that somehow your glory can just shine brightly through it and that it can be used to absolutely glorify you. Um, thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and end the recording, and you're welcome to post anything or reach out and 
um, and give me a holler about getting together and, and talking a little bit. So take care. Have a great week. We will see you um, at for this week or week four. Take care. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.